Welcome to a new season in the church, Lent, where pancakes have been eaten and already we're feeling thinner. Each week of Lent, we'll be holding up some of the great covenants God has made with God's people over the generations. There are some fabulously familiar but deeply penetrating stories of promise over the next six weeks. It's a good place to be, perhaps, to remind ourselves in this time, we are people of the promise. I'm Roddy Hamilton, the minister in Yuko Patrick, and thank you for the invite into your homes or earbuds or smart speakers or iPads. In all these ways, we create community, journeying together just as Noah did, whose epic journey we explore today in that ancient legend of gopher wood, rainbows and a floating menagerie. Is it too corny to say, welcome aboard? Let us pray. Lord of all being, Lord of all, may we find the silences which speak louder and hold more honesty than our words. And in the rain that distills the world, may we let its freshness, its renewal, its hope Wash away that which darkens and lessens us. And in the promise rain offers to the long buried seed and the longing of spring, may we trust beyond explanation and reason that we live within this promise, held in it and renewed by it. And as a new world appears, and a rainbow shapes it, and the colours run, and the greyness brightens, may we believe beyond any word to describe, you are the artist, the sculptor, the creator. Lord of all being, be in us, and bring us into life. So be it, as we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So here is a story. We feel we know better than we know ourselves, perhaps. Or so we might think. But such stories are actually about ourselves and reveal something about us we may not wish to admit to. We enter the story of Noah with him receiving a ridiculous message from God about a flood, building an ark a thousand miles from water in a desert that hasn't seen rain for a generation, of a man who has to have a quick lesson in zookeeping and manages to gather two 
or seven, depending on which verses you focus on in the Bible, of every animal on the planet. And the rain falls and the sluice gates of the heavens open and the world is flooded because God, in one of the saddest and most poignant lines in the entire Bible, regretted making humanity and was pained to the very core. But, and this is our favourite bit, it doesn't end like that. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you, and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I've set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth, and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. that isn't the end either. Oh no, the story goes on, but it isn't pretty. Noah doesn't really cope with life after the flood. This upright character becomes a man of the soil, grows a vineyard and drinks its produce. And the story ends with Noah, naked and drunk, his sons embarrassed by their dad, trying to cover him up, and Noah lost to himself and almost to God as well. It's actually a bit of a depressing story. But it doesn't necessarily end there either. So, disappointed in Noah? We keep forgetting the end bit, don't we? But that's perhaps the deeper point of the story. Here's one of the most familiar stories we have in our tradition, perhaps even one of the best loved because it is so familiar. And it centres round a man who really isn't exactly your best role model. The ending is bad, but the beginning isn't great either. We imagine it always as a great children's story. Yet when you think about it, Noah is selfish, ineffectual, uninspiring, thinks only of himself, and at the end ends up debauched, an embarrassment to his sons, 
and in a right sorry state. He is the only person described as righteous, however. Moses, Abraham, or any of the other great patriarchs don't get that description. Only Noah. But the sole human being God can find worthy of saving from the, pl- from the flood ends up a debased drunkard, lying unclothed in his vineyard. Perhaps not a children's story. Yet this, the oldest story on our planet, is not told for its historical accuracy, but because it, and all our faith stories indeed, are insights and lessons about the human condition. These are deeply moral tales about our humanity. They aren't held up as testaments about who we are to become. But what can happen when we don't learn the lessons? Think about Noah. He builds an ark and saves no one except his family. That's always troubled me. And in telling the story, children often wonder, why not? And I wonder, as adults, we know this is not really about rainbows and animals going in two by two, but it has to be about something more significant. And it is. Noah is not a hero. Noah doesn't save humanity, only himself. Other patriarchs prayed for their people. Noah doesn't. Others fight for their people. Noah doesn't. Others put themselves on the line for other people. Noah doesn't. He single-mindedly builds an ark without consideration for any of those around him. Someone said you cannot be a sole survivor and still survive. Noah's failure to consider others and take responsibility diminishes him. This is a deeply human lesson. And what happens when we fail to seek beyond self, to take collective responsibility, when we allow our faith to focus only on me, my personal salvation, a faith focused on my place on heaven. We are but shadows of the people God calls us to be if we only seek to save ourselves. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs quotes a story from the Hasidim. They called Noah a righteous man in a fur coat. He says there are essentially two ways of keeping warm on a cold night. You can wear a thick coat or you can light a fire. Wear a coat and you warm only yourself. Light a fire and you can warm others too. This is the story of the one who chose a fur coat. It challenges us to live beyond our own silo. Okay, it is an early story in the Bible. It is a, it's in a bundle of growing up stories of Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. So hear it in that context. It's a lesson that if we want to shape a new world, which is what Noah was the vanguard of doing, if we are intent on recreating, starting afresh, We have to choose to have collective responsibility and seek the salvation for others and not just ourselves. Because look how Noah ends up when he thinks only of his own salvation. And it doesn't take any effort 
to translate that lesson onto how we are responding globally to a pandemic. Saving self, well, you can't save yourself. We are saved only by collective responsibility. Or how we might reshape our economy or respond to the inequality that has been exposed? Shall we do that by taking collective responsibility or seek to save ourselves? Noah didn't come off well. So I hope I haven't disappointed you. (laughs) But Noah is no childhood hero. Instead, he is a lesson. We have perhaps still to learn. Let us pray. Loving God of a world facing so many floods, so many ways of destroying itself, may we hold it here, unable to find the words or know where to start in asking for redemption, for an ark, a rainbow, a new opportunity. May we, as a world, take time to learn the lessons these ancient stories still teach us, Take time to learn the lesson of being fully human, of being in community with each other, of finding redemption only in the redemption of all. So we pray for our world in the flood of a pandemic and give thanks for those arc lights, those places and people who live to save us. From medics to farmers, from essential workers to carers, from teachers to leaders, seeking that deep down humanity we feel and know is your blessing to us. So may we learn the lessons this time, surely, of how inequality hurts us all. Poverty reduces us all. Hunger is a symptom of a broken morality. And we pray we give pause to the ancient story of a lesson still to be learned in a children's tale unlearned by adults. May we give pause to ourselves, our world, our humanity and seek the beginning of a rainbow that will lead us out of all of this. So be it. Amen. May it not rain too much. May the sun come out. And may we find a rainbow between. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the common life of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you for letting us journey together today. Thanks to Tom for reading this morning. And we continue through Lent and find our names written in the stars next week. Maybe you'll find me out in the garden next time at midnight looking for Abraham, who is still counting and naming the constellations. Join us at any time online at nkchurch.org.uk, which is our gateway to all things Nucopatric at the moment. The room, or the door, to all our Zoom rooms lies there, the, the first being 
tomorrow, that's the 22nd, for Babylon Files, where we meet up with Graham Duncan, zooming in live from South Africa. Because of time zone differences, the time will be five o'clock for Babylon Files on Monday. The rest of the diary is there online. Everything from quizzes to virtual choirs. And I hope you feel able to journey with us through all of Lent each week. Please take care and keep doing all the sensible things of mask wearing and social distancing and being good, just in case there's another flood. See you soon.